0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another podcast of The Perfect Day Show. Jesse and I decided to throw away the intro today and just freestyle it.
1: We're just, just going with it, man. Just, that's, just going with it. That's what you got to do sometimes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Call me Eminem. Call me Slim Shady. Call me the Filipino Slim Shady because I'm about to spit fire. Maybe. <laughs> I hope you guys are able to embrace my awkwardness. But um, Jesse and Jesse has been gone for a little while, haven't you, buddy?
1: Yeah, I've been uh, I've been on the road, man. It's it's been a wild week and a half two week run here. Um, did a wedding. It'd be I don't even know what today is. Um, today's Wednesday we're, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So a week and a half ago on a Saturday I had a wedding. Got home about 1:30 in the morning that night jumped in the van the next morning. We road trip to Milwaukee for a DJ conference and we were out there until Thursday or Wednesday night came home. I got to spend the day Thursday doing laundry, getting <laughs> packed again to head back out on the road. Um, so we went to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for that conference, which is about eight hour, eight hour drive or So get home the following Friday so 24 hours after I get home we have to head I have to head back out to Dubuque Iowa which is literally an hour away from Milwaukee Wisconsin so I should have just planned it and stayed out there in a hotel and, and not came home for 24 hours but um stayed out there for three days did a, a kick-ass wedding on that Saturday man this venue we were in and, it looked sick dude. Um, just everything about it like I, I told the venue owner like I, I wish I wasn't six and a half hours away from your venue because it's it, it it's me down to a T. You know, our brand is all about luxury and, and all white and just pure weddings. And that's what this venue was, 100%. Like everything in there was white. Everything was just crisp and perfection. Um, so to anybody in Omaha wanting to open up a venue, I've got some great ideas pulled from this past weekend. Um, they also had uh, – so I recently – Within the last year, I've started spinning st- some music videos here and there. Um, if the crowds right, if my setups in the right location, well, this venue, dude, they had a about a thirty by twenty five foot TV screen in the venue hung up straight above my DJ booth, Is it and like, it wasn't like a projector; it was a straight up like a like LCD a- panel bright.
0: Like a Megatron kind of deal. Megatron is that what it's called? Jumbo Jumbotron. Jumbotron. There we go. Megatron's well, a Decepticon. I I disconnected
1: <laughs> my HDMI from my DJ booth of my little fifty-five inch TV that feels huge when it's just that. But then I look above me and it, the whole walls a TV. So we played music videos up on. that You took TV. advantage of it. Oh my god! It was it was legit. Dude,
0: did they have a videographer there?
1: No, we did not have a videographer. Um, I took a couple short little videos, uh, but of course I was behind my DJ booth most of the time. But yeah, if I could just be built into that venue all the time, that had my name written
0: all over it. That would be quite the experience. I saw some of the photos you posted on Facebook and part of me was like, did he Photoshop? Because I've never seen a venue all white before. So I was like, did you just like desaturate the photo and then like make it look like, cause I was like, that's next level, like marketing for you, Jesse. Like that's crazy.
1: There was was no editing, no nothing in those photos. I just use a wide angle lens on my phone and, and that's it. And then we used uplighting of course, when it gets dark, they shut off every single light in the venue and we just used my uplighting. So that whole venue, you can imagine how it glowed, you know, and it looked pretty freaking sweet.
0: You want to give the venue a shout out really quick?
1: Uh, it was called the Driftless in Dubuque, Iowa. So it's a really cool spot. Like their whole upstairs is like a master suite. The couples can stay there. It's got a really cool like, uh, what is that? When they have like the drapery around the bed, like the the queen type. Oh,
0: I know what you're talking. Jeez, princess really?
1: type bed, um, full kitchen. Uh, everything like that and then downstairs so it was cool because I went out Friday and set up and then I it was an old buddy of mine that I DJ'd for that's the only reason I traveled that far um, but they basically had their own personal bar bartender he was one of the really good bartenders that like muddles the the mint and stuff and like the fancy drinks we had that bar to ourselves all night And then the next day, of course, the wedding, it was just, it was a really cool experience. It wasn't the, the experience where you have to get in at noon, set up the whole venue and you get married at four and everything's rushed and you have to be out at midnight. Like it's more
0: meticulous, right? It
1: it, it was just so much more relaxed. Mm -hmm. Um, the the wedding party, everybody got to hang out for three days instead of like six hours. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was more of. More memories could be made yeah. in that time, you know. It's so, like a mini
0: vacation for their wedding.
1: Exactly, yeah. They they got to live it up and have fun. I stayed in a hotel right across the street, so I just walked over the next morning and got ready for the wedding and good to go. And then, of course, the six-and-a-half-hour drive home, meetings that night as soon as I get home, and you know, back in the saddle, because here we are the following week, and I've got a, a wedding this friday we've got five weddings saturday and then um after this week we start up friday saturday sundays every week for a while so how many weddings
0: do you have booked this year
1: um this year we're at about 220
0: holy shnikes dude
1: this month we're at 37 for may
0: that is wild so So it's it's gonna be nuts that's the end of the podcast Just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Back to work. Here we go. Back to work. No, that's super, super cool. Just being like a new company, you know, 37, 40, 50 is like my goal for the first year. And so to hear that you're doing that many in a month, it's just like, like that's gonna, that's gonna be us one of these days. And it's just, Oh,
1: for sure. And and that's, it's an anomaly. You know, they, many, many of the wedding professionals, the high-end professionals that I've found, they said, if you can do 40 weddings a year, set your price accordingly, what you need for your bills, what you need to grow your business. 40 weddings a year is like a perfect goal Mm -hmm. for most of these regular solo-op guys. My business just kind of bloomed into a multi-op where I have multiple DJs. We added photo booths. Now we have Spark machine. Like We've just kind of bloomed to have more services. Mm -hmm. Um, So a couple of our weddings are just, it's getting to where we're almost a production company Mm -hmm. where we'll have a wedding that may, they might've hired another DJ, but we offer some nice lighting and spark machines. So I can send a staff member out to do like the production stuff where then we have five other DJs somewhere else. Um, So not every single wedding we're DJing, Mm -hmm. you know, some of them we might just be doing photo booths. Some of them we've got, I think four or five this month alone that we're just doing either uplighting or spark machines Uh, but it still requires a staff member they're still there all night it's not like they just go set up and walk away like they have to operate this Mm -hmm. stuff so yeah that's how we get to the numbers we're at and we'll see what next year brings because this year we're basically doing two calendar years in one is is what's happened Uh, many of our couples for May and June are from last May and June you know we know what happened last year (laughs) So, what happened last year?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I try to forget, um, but we're 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 feeling some major effects this year from that, and that's these Friday, Saturday, Sunday weekends. You know, we mm-hmm. might have complained that we weren't working very much last year, but we're gonna be working our butts off this year.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny is, you, so you mentioned like you guys, you I mean, you started by yourself, and then you mm-hmm. you've bloomed into this multi-operation operational production company holy that was a mouthful sorry i don't know if i needed to make it that complicated for myself but i've noticed um being in the industry this is my third year now talking with different professionals from literally all walks of life you know people have been been in it for different amounts of time and Mm -hmm. you have the people who are like super super full of themselves and like they're who they're so much fun and then the other people anyway what i was trying to say is i've noticed being in it that there's really two different kinds or two different um, ways to kind of approach this industry. You can either be independent, which most people are. You know, most mm-hmm. photographers, most videographers, they just they want it to be like <clears throat> they're like their full time job. Like that's their full time job. They don't have any employees. They don't have any contractors. That's just that's what they do. And then kind of people like us, like I've I came into you know, starting my business, wanting it to be a multi-operational business, right. Um, where we have contractors and stuff, but like doing it well, where we have processes set in place and all that. And that's just something I wanted to touch on was like, I guess like understanding, you know, where you want your business to go. I mean, mm-hmm. did you, did you know that you were going to be a multi-operational business?
1: I didn't even know I'd ever DJ a wedding in my life when <laughs> I
0: started, man. Like when I
1: started this thing, not what I was expecting. <laughs> I love that. When I started this thing, man, it, it was about, just being in front of a crowd and playing music yeah. that I didn't know I could ever make money doing it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, there was no way I could have dreamed that I could make a living doing it. Um, so no, I never thought that I'd be able to have employees. I've never taken any business courses for college. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've just kind of learned off the cuff, but kind of what you bring up about having two different types of mindsets or two different ways of business. Um, so that DJ conference we yeah. were just at, um, there was actually two guys that sat on stage and had this discussion at the same time. And one of them, um, his name's Bill Herman. He is one of the top wedding entertainers in the country. He's done seminars. He's got videos. He's got books. Like he's just a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. and he's a phenomenal human being. He's never had an employee but he's trained in like theatrical arts. He's, he's an actor. He's a performer. He's a radio voice, you mm. know, and that's how he sees himself. So that kind of mindset for him, it's all about the show. It's all about putting together personalized experiences for the couples Yeah, is how he explains it. And, and as a multi-op, I feel I do the same thing, but I'm sure his way is like a lot more involved than what I'm able to. Your, your dog is having like an, a sneeze
0: attack. I could, here. I have <laughs> my laugh back for two of them. And then she, <laughs> <laughs> she, let, that third, she let that third one out and it got me. She's, Sorry. she's going. She's ridiculous. Anyway, if you guys can hear that in the background, that's her dog. But continue, Jesse. Sorry. Uh,
1: but the other the other guy on stage is one of the most successful multi-op owners in the country. Yeah. And he explained his ways of, you know, kind of how I grew. I've got a passion. I I fell in love with weddings is what happened. I was in business DJing, whatever you want to call it, for four or five years. And magically just it happened. I just fell in love with weddings and everything about it. I love the style of DJing that goes into it because it's it's what us in the DJ industry call open format we get to play what we feel is going to work for the crowd. It's not like we go in and play one genre or this bar tells us, Hey, we're an EDM bar. You have to play EDM Mm -hmm. or country. You know, we get to be different every single week. And I love that. Um, So the multi-op side, you get to be involved in more. You get to see a lot more. And one thing that he brought up was, so Marketing wise, my best marketing is people seeing me at weddings and coming up and saying, man, you killed it. I'm getting married next year. Do you have a business card? For me, it's great because they already know my style. They know what I'm doing. And I've I've got to show them my abilities rather Mm -hmm. than tell them, hey, I'm amazing we can all get on Facebook and say how amazing we are. Okay. Like
0: a lot of us do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We all do. Like we're, we're all super, super proud of what we do, but I love when somebody comes up literally as I'm doing my thing and says like, this is what we want at our wedding. We we want your style. Mm -hmm. We want this equipment, this voice, whatever it might be. And that's what he said as a multi-op is instead of touching two to three hundred people a night we're touching two to three thousand people a night Mm -hmm. so we just get a broader spectrum Mm -hmm. uh and i've always been super super firm i do not want my company i i always want to grow i think we've talked about this before but i don't want my company to get to where it's not a personalized experience Mm -hmm. so like five djs i'm maxed out on that yeah i do not want to go to 10 (laughs) djs or 15 like there are other companies in the area that are like that and the sacrifices they've had to make to make all that happen, I don't want to make those sacrifices mm-hmm. in quality, personalization, just that personal touch. Yeah, uh, Just like Bill Herman said, you know, he wants to create personalized experiences. I want to make sure we can keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so our scaling is pretty much done where we're at as far as DJing wise. Um, but from the production side, we're still, we, we can grow forever on that. Yeah. You know, we can, we can make lighting happen. We can make spark machines happen. No, you can hang out with me right here. Um, so the production side, you know, that's just something I've found that we've added that, um, where it takes a skill, the staff that I send, it, it does take a skill. You're getting comfy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, as far as the production side, You know, I've kind of figured out that there's no limit to that. I do have mentors that have done the same thing. They've created a DJ company and they've created a totally separate production company. That might be where we go someday if Mm. the production side keeps growing and growing, which here in the last two years, um, you know, previously we DJed and if they wanted uplighting, we could add that. Now I'm seeing so many events that they just call us for uplighting or they just call us for these spark fountains or whatever it might be. So I see a big opportunity there where I can add more staff. Maybe we can even use that as a training ground of, you know, cause they're at the events with our DJs. Okay. Kind of shadow this DJ. Eventually you can, you know, the DJ to me is like the pinnacle of our company. They get paid the most. They're the most experienced. Mm-hmm. They have the most skills. So every employee that's doing setup, tear down, production can mentor those and say, "Hey, I want a pay raise, or I, I want to be that." Okay, put in the training hours, and and you know when they leave, maybe you can take their spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know you can put a halt on your growth as far as maybe expanding, but there's always somewhere that we can grow. You know, and I got off on tangent there. We were talking about solo up versus multi op, but uh, that just resonated with me what that that Bill Herman mm-hmm. said and how he explained how why he stays multi op and and most of those guys um, like you, if you were going to stay multi op, you could be AJ Cruz, creative mm-hmm. AJ Cruz you know, videography, what, mm. whatever. And that's what I see. A lot of DJs are just their name, mm-hmm. Bill Herman or the Bill Herman experience. Yeah. I think he calls it. Um, I see them as more, I call them like celebrity DJs. And I mean, that's how they brand themselves. Like if you want Bill Herman, you're going to pay Bill Herman's price, mm. but you get, you get that experience. You get Bill
0: Herman. Yeah. yeah so for sure. I think, I think with scaling, and this is my opinion and just from what I've seen from me and from what I'm experiencing now, being somebody who wants to grow a Mm multi-op, wants to be a big company, but also wants to deliver on a good experience. What I've learned is, and I've learned this from Steven Finkel, this conversation that I had with him Mm -hmm. was just building a really, really solid foundation. So spending the first year in business, obviously trying to grow, but also learning what works and what doesn't. So for me, what that looks like right now is when I onboard a client, what does the process look like? And like taking a step back and kind of vision boarding it out for myself, writing it out is like seeing, you know, from when they inquire through email and they go through our process of, you know, booking our check-ins, the delivery, and then afterwards, what does that look like? Because if we can replicate that and we can put a process in that, and like know that there's a A plus B equals C like formula to right. get that every single time. And that's what we label as the good experience or the best or the un- unforgettable experience. Then that's when we can start to duplicate it and we can scale it. Cause then once right. we hire somebody, we can just hand them the operating manual or whatever it is and say, this is everything that you need to build an unforgettable experience for your client. And mm-hmm. then that's how you scale. Right. And I think that's something that, like I said, big companies that we know that have scaled massively and they are successful. I mean, there's not like, Oh yeah, you know, they are, yeah. but like in our, in our opinion, like thing, like there's a, something can always be better. Something can always be better. I mean, there's, there's many definitions
1: of success. Yeah. I mean, we all have our own de- definitions, our own goals. Um, so I've got two things based on, on what you said yeah. there. Um, the first thing would be, um, so you said, you know, developing the processes, mm-hmm. having, we'll call it a handbook yeah. a manual yeah. that says okay videographer A here's our manual here's the steps you need to take to perform at our level mm. um the only i guess argument i would have in there the only thing i would add to that is uh, with weddings we know like there's magic moments that don't happen at every single wedding or they're mm. different at every wedding yeah. you know Um, at one wedding, it might be the tears during a toast at another wedding. It might be the flower girl running down the aisle. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think also training the unexpected, like the best photographers and videographers I've ever seen have the ability to whip that camera up in a split second and be like, oh my gosh, she's hugging her grandpa. Mm -hmm. Like they know the moments to get. I mean, you can get the three quarter turn in the window with the wedding dress, like you can get those scripted moments. Yeah. Uh, but I think the best ones know how to get the unscripted stuff. So I don't know how a photographer or videographer trains that. I think it's kind of one of those skills that you have to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely I would add that into my processes and be like,
0: be creative. (laughs)
1: Let's have a contest this week. Who can capture the most magic moment? Yeah, that's not scripted. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that wedding I did out in Dubuque that we talked about. Both the bride and the groom are very emotional people, Mm -hmm. and I was still setting up. They did the first look in in the ballroom, and I was still so I I was in there kind of selfishly. I, I wanted to see. They both started bawling like i love that total bawling so here's me like no jesse no you don't need to cry like they're crying um but that's the magic moment Mm -hmm. you know like i didn't expect that i thought he'd turn around tell her how beautiful she is you know laugh giggle they were like sobbing in each other's shoulders and i'm like oh my gosh this that's love yeah like you can just see how much they love each other yeah um so those moments, like to me, those moments have to be captured. Um, and then the other thing you brought up, like Stephen Finkel and like mm-hmm. growing, growing a business and, and how to grow it successfully and stuff. Uh, I think a lot of it, and I've heard a lot of these really successful multi-ops talk about it is building a culture. Mm-hmm. If you look at Stephen Finkel and 402 Event Services and the team, they are all so proud to be on that team. Mm -hmm. Like they treat it like it's their own baby. It's Steven's baby, but he's built such an amazing culture within the company to where every one of those team members literally treats it like their own. And that's exactly how a, a good leader business owner should treat their employees, you know, uh, it's, it's how I try to treat mine. Like I tell them all the time, it's not about me and my employees. We're, we're a team. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, like, just cause you see my face and hear my name the most, trust me, you're going to get an awesome experience no matter who you get. Mm-hmm. I've made damn sure of that. If, if you don't, they're gone. Yeah. Like if they can't deliver our quality, they can go work for a, a different company that doesn't care about it as mm-hmm. much. Um, But it's that culture, you know, taking them out uh, when when it's not work time and maybe riding go karts or there's a venue here that they've got their top team. They call it their A team, five or six girls on their A team. They take them to Vegas. They take them to like Florida. I wish I could do that for my team. I, I can't quite do that. But talk about building a culture, you know, like so it comes back to kind of what I said about my employees and like working up how so they've probably got i don't know within this venue 60 employees we'll just throw out a number how many of those 60 are fighting to get on that a team like you know damn well i want that spot i want to be taken to vegas i want to be treated like that i just want to be called the a team (laughs) so i mean you've got your your waitresses you've got your bartenders like bust your ass show devotion to this company And you'll eventually be on that A-team if you just work hard enough. Um, So I think it just comes down to outright good leadership and and treating your people. Don't treat them like an hourly employee. Treat them as an actual co-owner of the company Mm -hmm. because their input matters too.
0: So talk me through, like, this is for me and for them, obviously, but it's going to help me a lot. But, like, can you talk me through actionable steps to kind of build that culture? Because when I think about it, I'm like, where do I, like, where do I start? Like I have my team, right. It's me mm-hmm. and two other people. And you know, I communicate with them pretty frequently, but like, how do I get it to a point where I can build this culture? And like, I'm, I'm a trying to, like, I'm, you know, we're, I'm trying to build values for us and things that we can kind of stick by, mm-hmm. um, and implement into our wedding days. It's just, I feel like it's hard with like, it's hard it's, for instance, for instance, working remotely. Right. Most of these people who work for big corporations, you know, in their departments, they have their culture,
1: right. but it was
0: also because they were around each other all the time. Yep. How do you build a culture when the company, like when, when everyone is kind of like doing like, they're all like doing their own thing, right? Yeah.
1: So, so for me, yeah. um, so we're all at separate events every week. Mm-hmm. We don't, we rarely get to see each other work. Maybe I'll run photo booth as one of the DJs is working. But for the most part, we're all doing our own thing every single week. Then we come together at the end of the week, compare notes, tell stories. You know, this is the cool things that happened, whatever. Um, I think uh, you also have to walk the fine line of you can't build too much of a friendship. Like It's hard to say that because I am best friends with all my DJs, but they were not my friends prior to Mm -hmm. working for me you do you don't want friends and family involved in business. Like Mm -hmm. it it can just get really messy. Um so I think keeping them as employees or as co-workers, like keeping that friend zone, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) Uh like I don't really hang out with them. Yeah. If we hang out, we're doing team activities, group Mm -hmm. activities. Like I said, uh we went to Joe's carding one time I took them to Top Golf. But it's as a team. I don't favor one over the others. Mm-hmm. I don't have one that's my best friend and the other the others are just employees. Um, I think if you asked somebody like Steven, I think he'd say the same thing of like team activities. Mm-hmm. We're all equals. We're all in this together. The success of this company depends on every single person here. Mm-hmm. If there's one weak link, it can pull everybody down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also, you started your company. I started my company, Steven started his. We started it off of some core values. We we've, we have our own visions for the company, and those visions need to be projected to the employees. Um, so while we want them to be their own creative, whether it's designing a venue, whether it's, video, whether it's DJing, they all, they all have their own style, their own Mm. flavor, but the core values need to remain the same. Mm -hmm. You know, it's for me, it's about personalized touches. It's about communication. It's about the brides. It's not about us. It's all about that wedding and them having the best time they can. Um, all my DJs know that they know, okay. Jesse knows if we don't do this, this, and this, we're in trouble. Yeah. Like we're not doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. But after you complete those steps, be yourself. Like that's how they can be better than us. Like mm-hmm. odds are you're going to hire a teammate at some point that's better than you. Oh, yeah. And that's totally okay. Like we don't have to keep them shunned down yeah. to where we're, we're the king. The top dog. Yeah. Um. You know, my Lacey, right all my djs Mm -hmm. i can confidently say that in certain areas certain environments all of my djs can kick my ass like (laughs) they're they're awesome that's that's why i like them being on the team Mm -hmm. um but we also we all have something to offer as well um there's a lot of times i'll have consultations with clients and i might have a certain (laughs) dj assigned to them and they start elaborating their vision and concerts that they've been to or artists they like. And I'm like, okay, hold up. I've got a different DJ. That's going to be a better fit for you. Like Lacey, for example, hip hop is like, yeah, she is. She, she won the Omaha hip hop awards DJ of the year. Like when it comes to hip hop, Lacey kills it. Um, now can I, can Zach? Absolutely. But Lacey just, she has that fire. Mm Um, So putting the right people also. So you might have a videographer that comes up and maybe they excel in a certain flavor or a certain certain style that maybe they're more of the the movie style videography Mm -hmm. versus music video style. Yeah. Maybe you've got one that just excels in that area and you say, okay, you're going to go do this one because I know you can do it better than I can. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever.
0: No, absolutely not. I love that. I just like, I, I I just be, there's a small fear of being like a new business owner where you're like, okay, I'm building a team now. And just like, I want, I want them to have the best experience possible working with me and like working with the company. But it's like almost like an imposter syndrome. Do you have you do you, Like you're you,
1: sabotaging yourself or yeah. Or,
0: like, or like, I know yeah. I'm cut out to, be an entrepreneur i right? I've always known that <laughs> but I've never grown a team before, so it's I think it's kind of cool for the audience right now to be able to like hear this and see this is because i I don't ever on this podcast want to you know, come out as the expert in this or come out as the guy who knows it all. I think it's a really cool perspective. And part of the reason why I started the podcast in the first place was to give the perspective of somebody who doesn't know everything Mm -hmm. and who doesn't act like he knows everything because you see so many out there, right? I'm going to go off on a tangent here really quick is like, I, it's so easy to find a podcast. If you for instance, you go on Spotify and you search marketing, there's 50, 50, 50, hundred. That's not a, that's not a number. (laughs) Fifty million podcasts, let's just say that, that are like, oh, this person's name, marketing expert, this person's name, marketing, you know, one oh one. And it's just everyone's a marketing expert, everyone's a lead generation expert, everyone's a wedding expert. But how cool is it like to be able like like I said, the reason why I wanted to have you on, on as a host is to see the see us bridge the gap of somebody who is new but who is really passionate about business and somebody who's been in it and knows business.
1: Well, and and that's that's the thing too is like, so I've been in business for sixteen years, yeah. but I feel like a rookie every single day, and I love that. Yeah, because it gives me the jitters. It, it makes my hands shake. It, it it makes me sweat when I'm ready for grand entrance. Mm-hmm. I've said a million times, if I lose that, I'm going to retire because like that's not pushing me to be better. But I'm also I feel like I'm just beginning. Like we've talked about the production side. That's just been within the last year. Like I've got a whole new avenue mm-hmm. that I can go off on. So you never quit looking for another angle or, or another way. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of experts out there. I, I'm in a Facebook group, like a beta test group where they'll send new Facebook business features for us to try. And, stuff. and somebody put in there the other day, they said, I just spent $20.00 on a, like a marketing mm-hmm. class or, or something. And all's I ended up learning was the difference between a business page and a group. <laughs> and the people comment on there and they said, people are willing to charge you for anything. Like mm-hmm. everybody feels like they're an expert, Yeah, but in reality, we're all human beings. We all have our strengths and weaknesses and the person offering that $20 class felt like they had a strength that maybe they're advertising to people who are above their, their pay grade. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I mean, they're advertising to people who are already social media experts. Yeah. So the guy's like, I just wasted 20 bucks and I didn't learn anything. Yeah. Like I could have taught them. I could have given them a class. So do be careful Mm. when you sign up for classes or when you buy marketing materials, education. Don't think that everything is a get rich quick, going to change all scenario. But if you can gather one thing, just one thing, it's worth it. Mm. Um, I went out to these seminars in Milwaukee and it it was really cool because I've been out there two other times. And during those two other times, we've taken classes on how to mix music, how to talk professionally on a microphone, how to do the business side of things, like a lot of those operational type stuff. This time, and we could have a whole nother episode about this, and and we should, um, but since it was post-COVID, a lot of it was focused on perseverance, mental health, uh, being aware of people around you, their struggles, um, just strength, you know, it it was really cool to see a whole industry come together and just support each other and say like, we all shit the bed last year. (laughs) Like it, it sucked like for everybody. And, and still today, in a lot of areas in the country, it still sucks. Like Mm -hmm. there, there are many States who are still at 10 person occupancy for weddings. I mean, that's where we were in June almost a year ago. Yeah. So us here in the Midwest, we have to keep our minds open and realize like, while we're bitching about wearing masks and we're bitching about this and that go to maybe Connecticut or, you know, I don't know exactly what States I know. New York is still pretty rough. Um, Go to those states and see Mm -hmm. how they're still suffering. Imagine how restaurants still can't open there. Well, we can go to any restaurant we want here now. Mm -hmm. So maybe quit complaining and and put yourself in somebody else's shoes who's in a worse situation. Um, But I just thought it was cool that those seminars, we didn't really learn anything about skills at those seminars. But I took so much away um, from people just sharing their experience of how they use the term pivot Mm -hmm. how they pivoted during COVID what they did different. One guy made $17,000 in December being a Santa Claus. Shit. You not. So anybody who's, who's broke. My jaw's dropped by the way, guys. (laughs) If
0: you're wondering why AJ didn't respond to that.
1: (laughs) Anybody who's broke or feeling the financial crunch of COVID, um, there are are job opening signs everywhere right now waiting for somebody to seize an opportunity of somebody who's maybe collecting unemployment that big unemployment check and refusing to go back to work swoop in and take that job
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: that unemployment's going to run out that job's not uh so there's a lot of complaining going on
0: not enough doing Uh,
1: yeah um so that that was a whole lot that i just spit out but there was a lot that popped in my head. So just the opportunities that there are right now, I think there's so much out there that Mm. we can take advantage of.
0: Mm. But to see those opportunities, you have to see with both eyes, right? Everyone's so busy looking down a tunnel, especially with everything going on and they don't look up and they don't just see like what's out there. They don't open their mind to what they could be or what they could do. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's really hindering people. And I've had actually, I've had a learn how to do that too is i've had to learn learn to look up and realize oh there's way more opportunity out there whether that's for marketing for ourselves or whatever that is um than what i initially thought yeah and so um i think there's a lot of good nuggets in there for people to take notes of what you just said but um I definitely think if you guys can't hear Maggie whining, that means that she wants to go outside. But I think that the networking side of things and going to those events is definitely something that we should save for another episode. Maybe that's next episode. Maybe that's here in a few episodes. But, yeah, um, we were
1: going to talk about networking. We never made it to that. No, we didn't
0: make it to that. But we'll get there. Um, but I think that this episode was really good to cover you know, company culture, which is a huge aspect of business that gets overlooked a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was... A realization of mine when i when i started, started hearing you talk and i was like man i i need to like because i want to have a big team and i want to grow a good company culture and you definitely just gave me yeah actionable steps. and to this take.
1: episode is definitely sponsored by 402 event services yeah so steven yeah sponsored send the for, check yeah to
0: aj <laughs> yeah you can you can pay me in and in chick-fil-a <laughs> Once I can eat Chick-fil-A again. God, I'm so <laughs> excited for that. But um, for those of you who are still listening to this episode, listen, I want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I know Jesse and Maggie really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, Maggie does a lot.
0: <laughs> Maggie did. So I'll. Uh, if you guys want to see, so she interrupted us. I don't know if I'm going to keep it in the podcast or not. I might, I might cut it just so that way the podcast flows smoothly, but she came up and she uh, she wanted a little bit of attention from Jesse. So I might take that snippet and post it on my personal Instagram <laughs> or even on, even on the perfect day show, just to showcase what actually goes on behind the scenes. So, but with that being said, guys, you know, take the notes that you've been taking, or if you've been listening to this, wow, is really going for it. Isn't she? If you guys are listening to this on the shitter, if you guys are listening to this in the car, I don't know what you guys are doing, but take these notes that you've learned, take the things that Jesse said, take the things that I've said and get out there and make the perfect day.